0: The following audio is from Morningstar Baptist Church in Dayton, Ohio. For more information about Morningstar, visit morningstardayton.org. What, a, what an amazing time of worship this morning. I don't know, if you can't get excited about that last song, the resurrecting king is resurrecting me. It might be possible you need to be resurrected this morning. Amen. I mean, that was awesome. I am so excited about our worship team. And, and what, a, what a great, great morning. Hey, turn your Bibles to Romans chapter 12. Romans chapter 12. We, we, this is the last, like I said, this, we're, this is the ending of our series of Are You In? And we've been looking at talking about what God has done in our church over the past several months and really asking that question of are you in, are you willing to be a part of what God is doing? Like, are it really, here's what it does. It really boils down to this question. How are you and how am I going to respond to the Great Commission? See, we're asking a question of are you in, but really what we're asking is, how are you going to respond to the great commission? How am I gonna respond to the great commission? And you might be like, what in the world is a great commission? Jesus and the last thing that he said on this earth before he ascended to heaven, he gave us all the whole purpose of our life as a believer. He said, go into all the world and preach the gospel. Go into all the world and preach the gospel. And so look, here's the thing, like all the world, starts where you're at. All the world, when Jesus says, I want you to go in all the world and preach the gospel, you know where all the world has to start? It has to start where you're at and it has to start where I'm at. So I can come to church, I man, I can give my money to missions. I can, I can give through Morningstar and that's great. But if I'm just sending it out and I'm never impacting my world where I'm at, I'm not fulfilling the great commission. And so for us asking this question, are you in? What we're really asking is how are you gonna respond to what Jesus gave us as the number one object, the number one job as a believer, which is to go into all the world. And to accomplish this as a church, listen, it takes all of us being involved and being committed with our treasure. We talked about the last couple of weeks, which means our money. It takes being involved with our talents, which involves our serving. And it takes being involved with our time, being committed with our time, which is our growing which is our discipleship. Like how am I gonna grow closer and closer to Christ? And our motto this year has been one more person. Right, just one more. God, we wanna see one more person come into a saving faith of Jesus Christ and find that hope that's only found in him. God, we wanna see one more person be obedient to Jesus and believers baptism. We wanna see one more family get restored. We wanna see one more more person brought out of the brink of hopelessness and despair. We wanna see one more person step out of their comfort zone and start giving, start leading and start growing. And when sometimes when you say, hey, we want one more, sometimes it kind of seems selfish, doesn't it? And sometimes it's like, oh, we're just all about the numbers. Listen, we are not about the numbers. It's not a push for numbers because we're not trying to grow the biggest church in Centerville. Like if God grows our church to 1,000, man, praise God, that's awesome. If he doesn't, praise God, that's awesome. It's not a push for numbers. It's not all about numbers for numbers' sake. But here's the deal. Numbers represent people. So when I say, hey, we, we're praying for one more and then one more, it was not a push for numbers, but numbers represent people. You know what people represent? Lost souls. People represent eternities. People represent a broken person. People represent um, believers in need of restoration. People represent broken marriages. People represent addiction. People represent brokenness. People represent loneliness. And listen, church, I will never, ever apologize for pushing for one more, ever. And as a church, we will never back down and say, oh, maybe we shouldn't do that. We will never apologize for pushing for one more. In fact, when I find one and I find one, I'm going to go find another one. And we find one person to get saved, praise God, we're going to go find another one. And when we find one of those, we're going to find another one. When somebody comes and gets baptized, praise God, we're going to go find another one. One family comes and joins a church, awesome, we're gonna go find another one. Because people represent all of these things. Even Jesus said this, if a shepherd has 100 sheep and one of those sheep goes astray, what does he do? He will leave the 99 and go find the one. And then he will bring it back. Now here's the deal, what if another one walks off? Did Jesus say, well I found my one, I'm good. (laughs) We're good, we don't wanna be about numbers, no. If five of them walk away, he's going to leave 95 and go find the five. If 98 of them walk away, he's going to leave the two and go find the 98. And if they keep leaving, he's going to keep going and finding because Jesus is all about people. I will never back down. I will never apologize for that. Even God said this, I'm not slack concerning my promises like some people consider slackness, but I don't want anybody to perish but for everyone to come to repentance. Charles Spurgeon said this, I want to give a couple quotes because he's, he's a passionate Passionate preacher, he said this, if there, any, if there be any point in which the Christian church ought to keep its fervor at a white heat, it's concerning missions. And sometimes we think of missions, we only think of foreign missions. But what we talk, remember, our world starts with us. He says it's concerning missions. If there be anything about which we cannot tolerate lukewarmness, it is the matter of sending the gospel to a dying world. We can't tolerate it. And he says this, one of my favorite quotes, he says this, if sinners will be damned, and he's talking about if somebody's going to go to hell, here's what he said, if sinners will be damned, at least let them leap to hell over our bodies. And if they're going to perish, let them perish with our arms around their knees, begging them to stay. And if hell must be filled, at least let it be filled with the teeth of our exertions and let not one go there unwarned or unprayed for. Never going to apologize for one more. God has huge plans for this church in this area. Not just so we can grow a mega church, but so we can reach people. And we're never going to apologize for that. And today I want to talk about how this works. What does this look like to go after the one? We've talked about last couple weeks, our money and our finances and how that all plays into being faithful to God and how God can bless through that. But what about how do we, what about everything? Like What does it look like to be totally involved. What it looks like to be committed in everything, our talents and everything. If you have your Bibles in Romans chapter 12, Paul's talking to a church in Rome that's filled with all kinds of different people. He's got slaves in there. He has slave owners in there. He's got rich people, poor people. He has military, Roman soldiers. The whole spectrum is covered in this church. And here's what he says to them. He says, starting in verse three, for by the grace given to me, I tell everyone among you not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think. Instead, think sensibly. Now, the idea of think sensibly means this. Evaluate. Think through everything. We said a couple weeks ago, what gets evaluated in our life gets elevated. And that's what Paul's talking about here. I want you to think sensibly about this. I want you to think, I want you to evaluate this. As God has distributed a measure of faith to each one. Then he says, now, as we have many parts in one body, and all the parts do not have the same function. He's talking about our physical body. He's like, look, your body's made up of all kinds of parts. You have fingers, you have toes, you have a nose, you have ears, you have a mouth, right, you have legs. He's said, like, we have different parts, and not one of our, our body, it makes up different parts, and they all do different things. Like, my nose is meant to smell, and to help me taste my food, which is important, because I like to eat, okay, then I have fingers, and my finger does not do the same thing as my nose, but my finger can pick my nose. Totally different message for a different time, right? But my finger does something different. With my hands, I can grab, and I can do work, and I can touch, and I can feel. My nose, it doesn't really touch or feel or grab things. It smells. And I have a mouth that's made for talking and communicating. And have eyes that are made for seeing and and as light hits my eyes and it goes into the back, into the rods and the cones. And it sends those messages to my brain, which it interprets it and sends out to my body what I need to do with what I've seen. Every part of our body takes a different function, but it's all vital, right? So Paul is talking about our physical bodies. Your physical body has a lot of parts that all do different jobs. Look in verse 5. He says, in the same way, we who are many are one body in Christ. Now he's talking about the church. He's like, we're all part of this body of Christ and individually members of one another. What is Paul saying? He's saying just like our physical bodies, may have lots of different parts that do different things. The same is true for the church. That Jason can do things that I can't do. And I can function in a way that Jason can't, but we're both vital to this church. And Jeremy is very talented in areas that I'm not. And so, but, but same thing goes, there's things that I can do that he can't, there's things that he can do that I cannot do, but we're both vital to God moving this church forward and reaching people. Spencer is very talented in some different things and, and, and so is Madeline and so is everybody here. We all, we all have different roles, but we all fit, right? We are all supposed to do something. That's what Paul's saying. Just like your body is made of different members that do different things, so is the same with the church. Look in verse 6. And he says this, I'm going to give you, he goes, I'm going to talk about some of the things that Christ has given the church. And he says, according to the grace given to us. Everybody in this church is a recipient of God's grace, the gift of God's grace. So if you're like, I'm not good at anything, you got God's grace, okay. So you can't walk out of here saying, I didn't get anything, okay. You got a measure of God's grace just because you're a believer in Jesus Christ. Then he says, we have different gifts, If prophecy is your gift, use it according to proportion of one's faith. Now, this word prophecy is not what we normally think of. It's not foretelling the future, okay? It's not going to predict what's going to happen. That's not what this Greek word means. It means foretelling a truth. Talking about Christ and his kingdom is the context of what this is about. So some of you are really gifted in talking about Jesus. Some of you guys are really gifted in just sharing your faith. So he's talking about if that's it, then use it. Verse 7, if service then use it in service. Some of you are just gifted with, like you see a need, you feel a need. You don't ask questions, you don't wait for somebody to ask you, you just step up. So he says, look, if that's your gift, then do it, then use it. Then he says, if teaching, then teach. If God's giving you the ability to teach, then you need to teach and train up and help disciple others. Verse eight, if exhorting, then exhortation. Exhorting means encouraging. Some of you guys are just really good about when somebody comes in, Like, you just tell if they're struggling. Like, you just have that gift of discernment. You just know if somebody's having a bad day or going through a rough time. But if you're not using that gift, then God, Paul's like, look, you're, you're slacking as a member. Like, go up to somebody and use the gift that God has given you to encourage someone. Then he says, if your gift is giving, then give with generosity. This, is this, this would be what we talked about last week, the opportunistic giver. Like, if you've been gifted with the ability and the means to do that, then do it generously. Leading, then lead with diligence. Showing mercy, do it with cheerfulness. The idea is this, everybody in here has a gift and a role to play to make this church reach everybody that God has for us to reach. And the question goes back to, are you in? Are you willing to take part in fulfilling that great commission based on what God has gifted you with? and living for this purpose greater than yourself. 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 10, Peter says this, just as each one has received a gift, use it to serve others. See, I can use, God's gifted me with stuff, I can use it for me. But Peter says, use it to serve others as good stewards of the varied grace of God. You see, I got some buckets here in front of us. This is kind of, um, it's gonna be a really neat illustration. to Try to explain what we're talking about, okay? And this bucket, this is, this is God's bucket, okay? This bucket's full of God's blessings, of his grace, of his mercy, uh, of his salvation through his son, Jesus Christ. I mean, it is just full. Like we're getting ready to do some, some, some capital um, campaign stuff and I'm like, and you get nervous about, man, where's the money gonna come from? Well, God owns it all, right? The Bible says he owns a cattle on a thousand hills. I'm not worried about, because God owns all of it, right? And this is all of his grace and all of his mercy and all of his blessings. And it's just full full of this right just who God is and what God wants to do is God wants to take these things and he wants to shovel them over into this bucket this bucket is your bucket and you notice there's already some stuff in this bucket, all right? There's already, there's already some in the bottom of this bucket. And here's why. Because if you're here this morning and you're a believer in Jesus Christ, you're a follower of Jesus Christ, you already have the grace of forgiveness and new life found in God in your life. It's already there. And if this is all you ever got from God, that would be enough, right? Because if nothing else, you get to avoid hell and spend eternity in, in heaven with God. So if nothing else God ever put in your bucket, that's enough. But here's what God does. We know the Bible says that every good and perfect gift is from above, from the Father of lights, who there is no shadow of turning. So we got to understand that what we talked about the last several weeks is we own nothing, right? We're just stewards. We're just managers of it. But here's what God does. As a believer, we already have his grace and his forgiveness and a new life in him. But God says, you know what? The very breath that you breathe is a gift from me. We inhale and we, we take in oxygen and nitrogen and, and, uh, and, and carbon dioxide and all the other things and our lungs do this amazing thing where they filter out all the stuff we can't use and the lungs send oxygen to your heart which then fills your blood full of oxygen which then pumps it through your body. And then the, the cycle repeats itself and God's like, you understand the very breath that fills your lungs. When you take a breath, it's from me. It is my gift to you. In our very heartbeat, the fact that we're here, God said, I just want to dump this in your life. And we're sitting here and we're able to to be here today and be alive because of God's gift to us. We can go deeper, right? Because that's not all. What about the fact that we're born in the United States of America? It's a huge blessing. The fact that we're able to freely assemble here and worship without fear of being arrested, without fear of, of persecution, that we can come freely and read our Bibles. We can own a Bible. We can sing his praises, We can talk to people without being cast in prison. Like that in and of itself is a huge, amazing blessing of God. And God says, hey, that's from me. The fact that we have a home to live in you're like, wait a minute, I have an apartment. Okay, well, you have a roof over your head, right? And even if you're like, well, I don't own oh my own, I'm, I'm staying with friends or with, with relatives or, or, or with close acquaintances because we're just struggling right now. I, don't, I, don't, I could be wrong, but I don't believe anybody in here this morning slept under the stars last night because you had to. Do we ever stop and count the blessings that God is pouring into our life? About the food that we eat. Now, some of us we go on diets and we starve ourselves on purpose, right? And there might be leaner times. I know, like where you're, you're, all, you're, you're, all you can afford is macaroni and cheese or hot dogs. But I don't believe anybody here has missed a meal because they can't afford one. We have food. We have a home. What about, but our family? God's like, I'm going to bless you with a family. And some of you, maybe your family is all passed on, but you had a family at one time. You're able to rejoice in that family. For those of you who are parents, you're kids, and maybe sometimes you want to do this, right? <laughs> right? Let's be honest. But the Bible says that children are a heritage of the Lord and blesses is the man who has his quiver full of them that we're supposed to raise them up to launch them out in this world to go change the world for Jesus Christ? Our children? The fact that we have transportation? I don't don't believe anybody walked here this morning because you had to. Maybe you don't own a car, but you have access to a ride or a vehicle. The fact that we can communicate, the fact that we can learn and grow, The fact that we can start over when we mess up because God is so forgiving and so loving, he just keeps showering us with his mercy every day. The Bible says it's renewed every day. The fact that we have a job, and I know some of you are like, well, I'm in between jobs, but you've had a job. You're like, well, I'm I'm struggling, I don't have a job right now, I'm but hey, you have the ability to work if that opportunity opens up, that God has given you the energy and the ability to do something. It might not be the job, might not be your dream job, but it's a job, a way to work with our hands and glorify God. The fact that you do have energy, the fact that you're here means you have energy this morning. From the oldest person to the youngest person, the fact that you're up moving and you're here means that you can you're mobile. Means there's people who can't do that, but you can. Have you counted your blessings for that yet? For our money And yes, sometimes it doesn't seem like there's enough of it. Sometimes it seems like money might be tight. But we understand that it all comes from God. For our church family. That God gives us a place to come and encourage one another. And to lift each other up in prayer. And to love on one another and talk to one another. You ever thank God for your church? For our friends. That it seems like God is just always bringing people into our lives. Either, I heard this this past week and I thought it was amazing. Either for um, a time, a season, or a lifetime. For a reason, for a season, or a lifetime. We have friends that we can call on and love and support. And we could go on and on and on about the things that God has just shoveled over into our lives. Into your bucket. He's got plenty more, Right? But here's what happens with this bucket. We start looking at all these things that God has given us. And we start to focus on this bucket. And we look at it one of two ways. We either look at it and we go, you know, God, it's not quite full enough. There's still some room. I could use some more. And we just become unthankful. Or we start looking at all the blessings that God has given us. And we start looking at this and we go, this is what success looks like. My life, look at all my blessings. We even use church words like, man, God has just truly blessed me. Right? God is so good. And, and, we, and, we, and we, we like, it's this tongue in cheek, like I'm going to give God the glory because I, I don't want anybody thinking think I'm prideful. So I'm like, but, but what we're really saying is this is success in my life. And what we don't understand is that God is not after success. This bucket could be so full and God's like, look, I'd like to give you more blessings, but I can't. I'd like to pour more into you, but I can't because there's no room, it's full. we're hoarding and we're hoarding and and we're not just talking about money this morning, we're talking about our time and our talents, our energy and everything, we're like, but this is success. God's like, I'm not after success. God says, I'm after significance. God says, I'm blessing you to then go into all the world and preach the gospel. I'm blessing you to impact this bucket, which is others. See, God's economy works this way. He shovels into our life and he says, I'm going to give you stuff and I'm going to give you peace. I'm going to give you a home in heaven. I'm going to give you an amazing church family. I'm going to bless you in so many ways that you can't even realize how much I'm blessing you. I'm going to pour it on. I'm going to pour it on. I'm going to pour it on. But not so you can go, this is success, but so you can go, I'm going to pour it into someone else. I'm going to go reach that one. Because here's what God does is he fills our bucket up. God says, hey, look, John, you got a neighbor, Joe, and you know that Joe's struggling in his marriage. You know times are hard and he's struggling and he's not happy at work. And you know because you come home on Sunday and you know he never left to go to church. You know he doesn't go to church anywhere. John, I just want you to go and I want you to shovel in to Joe. And I want you to go and share with him everything I've done with you and just go make a relationship with him and go love him. And here's what we do. Instead of shoveling over to God, what we do is say, you know, I don't know about a shovel, God. That's kind of stretching me a little bit. So, yeah. Because I don't want to deplete this too much. Because we don't understand God's economy. God's like, look, if you shovel it over, I'll have more room to bring you more and give you more peace and more energy and more time. And look, I, I get it. And then, but I'm like, eh. I'll just say hi to Joe. Right? Got my bases covered. I said hi, God. He didn't want to keep talking, so it's not my fault, right? God's like, John, I've, I've given you talents to serve, and I, and I want you to use your talents. I might even be like, God, I really don't have any talents. Like, what are you talking about talents? God's like, are you standing upright? Can you do work with your hands? And i have at least challenge you with energy to be able to go do some things. And God's like, you know what? We have a need in our church nursery. We have a need in our children's ministry. We need people to help watch people's kids so they can come in here undistracted and be able to be fed. Because there might be some broken marriages who come in here and if they're worried about where their kids are at, listen, they're never going to hear what God has for them. And God might be like, John, I want you to go and I want you to serve. I just want you to step up. Don't wait for somebody to ask you. Just find a need and go fill it. And I want you to shovel over into others so that I can work through you. And I'll do it again. I'll go, nursery. Okay, I'll do it one Sunday a year. Right? Honestly, we all do this, don't we? God is shoveling into our life and we're measuring cup out. God's like, John, there's, look, I've blessed you with a job and I've blessed you with some income. I'm not asking for all your money, but I just want you to test me and I want you to try me. And I want you to make room in here so I can bless you. And I go, I'm like, I know I need to give. I know I need to be invested to help spread the gospel around the world. But that shovel looks like a lot. There we go. John, look, there's a mission trip opportunity coming up and I want to send you because I want to wreck your life. and I want to break your heart for people who have never heard the gospel message ever in their entire lifetime. And I want you to go. And I know it's gonna be a stretch financially. I know it's gonna be a hard thing. It's gonna be a step of faith for you to step out and do that, but you need to be there. Oh God, I, then I gotta use my vacation. So I'll just, I'll just kind of help somebody else get there. guilty of this because we've come to look at this bucket as our success and we've come to value this bucket as God has blessed me but I, I, I don't want to lose the blessings but I want you to get this this is powerful you and I every single one of us in here one day will stand before God we're not going to live forever And we're going to stand before God one day. And you know what happens to everything in this bucket? Do you know what happens to everything that we're holding on to? And we can be selfish with it. And we can even use churchy words to defend it. But you know what happens to this bucket when we die? It means nothing. All the blessings of God that we receive in this life die with us. If we keep it in our bucket. And so many of us, we are so focused on this bucket and we never realize that's not God's economy. That's not the plan. Because here's what happens. The Bible says that what you do for Christ will last. So when we die, figuratively speaking, by the way, we take this bucket with us. And we stand before God. I'm going to read some verses here in a little bit that's going to show you what this looks like. And a lot of us, when we stand before our Maker and we stand before our Savior, we're going to be going, wait a minute, my bucket was fuller when I was alive. Like, where's that bucket at? It was so full, and this is all I've got. Because Jesus said, don't lay up for yourselves treasures on this earth where moth and rust corrupt and where the thief can break in and steal, but instead lay yourselves up treasures in heaven. And we do that by allowing ourselves to be that funnel where God uses us to reach the lost, to reach a broken world, to be a blessing and to encourage other people so that we don't stand before God one day with this. There's going to be a lot of broken believers one day standing before Jesus going, man, I just... I wish I wouldn't have focused so much on success. I wish I would have focused on significance. You're like, I don't know if that's true or not. Here's the deal. Jesus calls us to go in his name. Jesus calls us to give in his name. Jesus calls us to serve in his name. Colossians 3.17 says this, and whatever you do in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus giving thanks to God the Father through him. Here's what Colossians 3, Colossians 3, verse 23 says, whatsoever you do, do it from your heart as something done for the Lord and not for people, knowing that you will receive a reward of an inheritance from the Lord, you serve the Lord Christ. 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 12 says this, if anyone builds on the foundation with gold and silver and costly stones, wood, hay, or straw, each one's work will become obvious. For the day will disclose it, because it will be revealed by fire. And the fire will test the quality of each one's work. And if anyone's work that he has built survives, he will receive a reward. And if anyone's work is burned up, he will experience loss, but he himself will be saved. Second Corinthians chapter 5, verse 10 says this, For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, so that each one may be repaid for what he has done in the body, whether good or good. Are evil. Therefore, since we know the fear of the Lord, we try to persuade people what, is, what we are is plain to God. And I hope it is also plain in your consciousness. And Jesus says in Revelation 22, look, I am coming soon. And my reward is with me to repay each person according to his work. I am the alpha and the omega, the first and the last, the beginning and the end. Believe it or not, as believers, we still stand before Jesus one day. Not to determine whether we go to heaven or hell because that was settled on the cross 2,000 years ago and we are safely sealed forever in the hands of God. So it doesn't determine whether you go to heaven or hell. What it determines is what our reward will be for living for us and success or living for Christ by allowing God to funnel through us. This bucket can be full or that bucket can be full. At some point, this bucket gets emptied out anyway because we can't take it with us. And I know you're like, I, people have asked me, like, why, why do we need a commitment day? Why do we need this? Like, what's the big deal about saying, hey, we're going to have a commitment day and we're going to set before God what we think he wants for us? Because what gets evaluated in our life gets elevated. And for a lot of us here this morning, we're evaluating this bucket a lot. And we never think about that one. We evaluate the blessings that God has poured into us, and we never stop and evaluate what God would have for us to do with our talents, what God would have us to do with our time, what God would have us to do with our treasure. And the more we evaluate that bucket, the more it gets elevated in our life. If we don't evaluate what we are sending forward, then we're only going to focus on our bucket. Church, today is the day that we stop and we go, okay, God, what would you have for me to do? And I hope that you have had a chance to pray over these cards, these commitment cards as, as we've passed them out the last several weeks. And on the back of these commitment cards, if you want to pull yours out right now, on the back of these commitment cards, it talks about, we just talked about my treasure, my, time, my talents, and my time. Like, God, would you want to stretch me this year and being faithful with my treasure, with my money? God, what would you have for me to do this year? The next part is my talents. And like, I, I, either I serve somewhere or I don't, but God, I believe in this year, you're calling me to serve in this area of the church. That bottom part, my time. It says, I will make spending time with God and his people a priority through, man, I need to read my Bible more. I need to pray more. I need, I'm gonna be more faithful to Sunday church. I'm gonna join a grow group because it's important that I'm investing my time in growing. And this is what we've been praying over for weeks and weeks. And maybe for you, maybe it's the first time you see it, maybe it's first time here, that's okay, because we're going to take a couple minutes here in just a second and have a time of prayer before you take these up. And I don't want you to put your name on these, okay? I don't want you to put your name on these. But maybe you're here this morning, you're like, you know what? I believe that God wants me to serve somewhere, but because you don't put your name on here, I'm not going to know where you want to serve be able to follow up with you. And so that's why I told you to hold on to your connection card to the very end. Because here you can put your name on it. And on the back, if you're like, John, I I really believe that God's wanting me to serve in our first impressions team. Like I really believe that God is wanting me to go and talk to people and greet them as they come into church. Then on the back where it says, I will, just mark it and say, I will serve in the greeters. Or I will serve in the first impressions team. Maybe you can sing. Maybe you're able to play an instrument. You're like, John, I really think God might be wanting me to serve in our worship team. Then put on there, I will serve in the worship team. Maybe like, John, I really believe what you guys are doing on Wednesday night with our kids program, um, and I, I, wanna, I think God's want me to serve and be a part of that. Then put that on there, and put your name on there so we can follow up with you. And in just a moment, what we'll do is after we have a time of prayer, we'll pass the offering plates, and we'll just collect all these up together, okay? So if our worship team, will go ahead and come forward at this time. And, and everybody, if you just bow your heads and close your eyes for just a moment. I wanna, I'm going to have a prayer of dedication for you. Thank you for listening to today's message. If you have any questions about Morningstar Baptist Church or today's message, visit MorningstarDayton.org and choose Contact Us.